0: Well, welcome everybody to episode forty-three of the Blow Off Valve Podcast. We're your host Alex and Tucker, and this week we're going to take a look back at the uh, Mexico Grand Prix that happened this past weekend, and uh, also discuss a little bit of F1-related controversy uh, that I've seen a couple articles about uh, this week. And it, I think, it's kind of an interesting discussion. Yeah. So we'll. You know, I, I sent you that article, and I was like, we need to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> so, um, so F1 uh, was in Mexico this past Sunday at the Autodroma Hermanos Rodriguez, Mexico City. And after uh, qualifying, uh, it was kind of the usual suspects around top. So right. Valtteri Bottas edged out his teammate Lewis Hamilton uh, for... Uh, Pole position with Lewis in second, Max in third, Max's teammate Sergio Perez in his home Grand Prix in fourth, followed closely by Adolfo Pierre Gasly in fifth, and then the Ferraris in sixth and eighth. So that was how the race started. And really a pretty, you know, at least to me, all the excitement was kind of in the first lap
1: you know and i don't always agree with that but i will 100 percent agree yeah. with
0: that. yeah I'll, <laughs> I'll be i'll be perfectly honest i i turned the race off after about halfway because i was like really? okay this is pretty much over <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah
1: um, like you've said in the past you know there's some races that become quite processional yeah uh and this you know this well fall, you know falls in that category i think
0: this was a track that ended up being really hard to pass on and we'll get a We'll, we'll kind of Mm -hmm. talk about, you know, the evidence of that, but so race starts Botas and Hamilton both go away really well. Mm -hmm. It's a right hander off the first turns. It's kind of a tight right hander. They come flying in and, uh, Daniel Ricardo taps the right rear of Valtteri Botas and spins him. (laughs) Uh, Yuki Sonoda kind of gets caught up in all the craziness He spins and gets uh, stuck and has some damage to his car. So he's out of the race. Valtteri is able to get back going again, but he drops all the way down to, I think, 18th or or might have even been, I don't, well, he was temporarily last, but when he kind of got going again, he got up to 18th fairly quickly, um, uh, which left uh, Max in the lead. Lewis close behind him initially, and I think Sergio was in third at that point. So everybody kind of moved up one step when Valtteri dropped down. And why I say I think it was fairly processional ultimately was, you know, Valteri. We know the Mercedes is super fast, right? Probably the fastest car on the grid outside of the Red Bull. And Valteri, you know, was in eighteenth pretty quickly after his spin, but then finished the race in fifteenth. I mean. Yeah.
1: He, oh, yeah. Exactly.
0: He, you know, the only people he, he passed were the Williamses, the Williams cars, uh, and Nikita Mazepin and the Haas. Mick Schumacher also had to retire from a mechanical issue. So, mm-hmm. you know, he basically passed the cars that he should absolutely pass. But he then he struggled to pass Lance Stroll in, in the Aston Martin, Ocon and the Alpine, both the Alpha oh and D- God,
1: both yeah, uh, Alfa Romeos behind. Danny Ricardo forever.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Forever, forever. And it's like, yeah. okay, this is obviously a lot harder to get around somebody. That's kind of where, mm-hmm. you know, even um, you know, we'll jump to this, but in the end, you know, when there was kind of like a little bit of excitement, you know, mm-hmm. as Perez is closing the gap, it's like, yeah, it's we've said before, well, it can be pretty easy to catch people, but it's a whole, whole other thing getting around somebody in this sport.
0: Right. No, exactly. And that's this is one of those tracks that I think will really there's a lot of potential benefit from the rule changes next year. Agreed. Um, you know, these tracks where, you know, Monaco is processional because there's no room to pass. But then you have these <laughs> big you have yeah. these big tracks that because of the downforce and, and, you know, these high downforce tracks, these high speed tracks, there's no, you know, there's maybe one or two turns that you have a chance to pass somebody if you get DRS and they don't have DRS. And other than that, you're yeah, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah. So, you know, the race kind of from there proceeded with not a ton of, of positional changes, particularly at the top. Max basically led from then on, ended yeah, up winning. He was
1: gone. Yeah. Lewis.
0: Lewis, though, like you you kind of alluded to, got into a bit of a dogfight with Sergio Perez at the end, or at least mm-hmm. it looked like it was going to be. Um and uh you know, so Lewis uh was a ways behind Max and Sergio just you know, at one point, Lewis kind of just said, as Max is pulling away, I think he was on the team radio and said, you know, they're just faster than us, you know? Yeah, uh, he's like, they're quick. Yeah, he's like, they're just, <clears throat> you know, I think he's actually fair. I, I think he's still going to fight the rest of the season. I have no doubt. But I think he's realized and kind of accepted that the Red Bull is just a better car this year. Yeah. Um and he's going to do everything he can, but I think he's kind of gracefully accepting that he, he and his team can do everything they, they want, but unless the Red Bull has a little bit of bad luck or it's a, exactly. a specific type of track that favors the Mercedes, like, they're probably not going to beat the Red Bull. Um, you
1: know, and and it, that being said, it is still really pretty close, um, you know. Yeah, within, and, like, a point of each other. Yeah, and it's, like, one DNF, and you're totally upside that's, down and that's yeah you know the look Euro at what happened mine. to you know Valtteri this mm-hmm. weekend yeah i mean that could have been max
0: yeah um, i mean both you both know both the Red bulls and the mercedes have have been pretty reliable during the races but like you said like yeah one power unit failure yeah or
1: them just getting into a, a crazy battle again and somebody goes into the wall
0: yeah, right. You know, because yeah.
1: they don't back out. Well, I thought he was supposed to back out. No, no, you were supposed to back out.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the you usual, know. you know. <laughs> no, you're I, I think because of how close it is, things can still turn. I think yeah. he's just accepted the fact that if they don't if there aren't shenanigans
1: I agree. Or outright yeah, the cases, momentum yeah, the momentum's favor. Yep.
0: yep. Yeah. Yeah, percent so but so Sergio, you know, all that to say the Red Bull of Sergio was making up, pay, making up time on Lewis, and it you know in the last four or five laps it was a pretty significant chunk of time per lap. Yeah. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, just couldn't. Ran out of, yeah. Yeah, just ran out of gas. And the thing is, as exciting as it is seeing him closing the you know, the gap by point four, point five seconds per lap. In the back of my mind, I was thinking, you know, well, even if he gets close, he's going to run into the same problem that all the other drivers are having. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know?
1: yeah. Uh, you only got a couple places where it's, you know, you're able to feasible. pass. And like you just said, you, you have to have this scenario where the guy in front of you does not have DRS and you have to be probably on that track. It seemed like even on that long straight, mm-hmm. you've got to be closer than a second to them. You know, I mean, right. obviously for DRS you do, but I think even to just get around somebody, you needed to be at like a half a second.
0: Yeah, no, you, know? you need to be at like a half a second or more per lap pace to like have a realistic yeah, chance of passing them.
1: To actually get around them. So. And, that's,
0: and that's assuming the guy in front of you is not going to defend his position. Exactly. You know, that's just straight line speed, whereas like we know Lewis is not going to give up a position easily. Yeah. Now, he's, he's not going to like wreck his car and totally you know yeah. he's not going to bat he his fight is not with Sergio and he knows that yeah. so like he's not going to wreck his car trying to block Sergio but you know he's also going to defend his position so it
1: has been really fun to see um you know Sergio seem to make some real nice headway you know mm-hmm. with with Red Bull yeah over the past several races and I'm really happy to see that for him because i think A lot of times, it's you really have to carve out a weird niche here. I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. Max is is their guy. The the cars are set up for him, and it sounds like you know Sergio's been doing some tweaking with the car, try to Mm -hmm. get it a little bit more his style, and all that's kind of paying off. Yeah, he's he's being the contender that they need him to be to put to put pressure on Mercedes in some of these scenarios where it's like, well, Mm -hmm. it's, it's makes no difference to them. Yeah. Max is in first, but your other guy's down in 10th.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's not a factor. Well, I mean, and they're able to, because Sergio is, is driving very well for them. uh, They're able to use him strategically to put pressure on Lewis in interesting ways. Like during the race, Max even made the comment, like Mm -hmm. if you bring Sergio in now, to swap tires, like that's going to then kind of force Mercedes hand to swap tires so that they're, Mm -hmm. they don't come out behind Sergio because they don't want to be stuck behind Sergio because Sergio is going to defend like a son of a bitch to, to right. Yeah. So there's all these games that now have been opened up, you know, or all these, you know, strategies that have been opened up for Red Bull with having a driver that is consistently fighting for podiums. Instead of, you know, languishing in fifth, sixth, seventh place while, you know, Max is out there doing his thing. So, yeah. and the other nice thing too, is, you know, this was Sergio's home race
1: exactly. and it was
0: awesome seeing all the Mexican fans out there waving flags yeah. and going nuts, you know, hearing the crowd get excited once he was up into third, uh-huh. um, yep. you know, and that, that was awesome. And then I saw pictures after the race of, uh, he and uh, his dad celebrating. Um, That's cool. Uh, off the podium, and and you could just his dad was just over the moon, oh, you know, And it was just oh, like, I what bet. a cool, what a cool. I shot. agree. Yeah,
1: yeah. What a cool homecoming.
0: Yeah, so that was awesome. Um,
1: and he delivered, you know. Yeah, he delivered. And like he somebody, somebody said, you know, it can really be a sword that cuts both ways. You know, it's mm-hmm. great to have your home support, but it right. also puts like a lot of kind of extra pressure on.
0: Yeah, I remember, I remember, really deliver. I, remember uh, I think Senna said that, you know, he always felt, it was very special, but he always felt a little pressure when they raced to Interlagos for the Brazilian GP, because the expectation was, like, you're Senna, you're Brazilian, at the Brazilian GP, like, you're going to win. <laughs> yeah, you
1: know? you're going to find a way to win, even yeah. if you've been in the middle of the pack, you know. Right, so anything... Long.
0: Yeah. So anything less than that, yeah. So anything less than that is a failure, you know? So yeah, you're right. It, it, it's awesome to see him deliver. And as you said, he's really coming into his own on that team. And I think they've figured out that this might be their pairing for, you know, the foreseeable future. Um, uh, and so the fact that he's now kind of crafting that car more to his driving style too is, is awesome. So yeah. um. So the other thing we want to touch on is actually not related to the Mexican Grand Prix. um. But actually, I missed this
1: when it happened. I uh, didn't see that. Yeah. I didn't see this when it happened.
0: So, you know, the funny <laughs> thing is I, so I saw it, I didn't see it live, but I saw it became kind of a, not a meme, but like <laughs> the, the, there was a clip of it that was really funny. So at the, at the U S Grand Prix in Austin, a, a few weeks back Megan the Stallion who is um a rapper and and she's kind of become kind of a uh, yeah a more known celebrity um so she was at the race apparently invited I believe by Red Bull so she was at the race and she was on the the pre-race grid and she was walking around and uh she had her whole entourage with her like bodyguards Assistants, etc. So she's got a whole flock of people around her. And traditionally, Martin Brundle, the commentator, is on the pre-race grid, and he'll talk to various people that are there, whether it's you know Tom Cruise or you know whoever, whatever celebrity may be there, checking out the race. So he kind of comes up, he tries to chat with her, and he he and he he's, I mean, he's an old British man, like he he's awkward, he yeah. has no idea who she is. And he, like, asked her a dumb question or, like, a dumb thing, like, hey, will you rap about F1 or something? Like, it was stupid. But the bodyguards and, like, her personal assistants kind of, like, shoo him away and are like, oh, you can't do that. And he said, uh, I can't do that because I just did. And so, like, there were a lot of people reacting like, oh, you tell Martin. You know, just having a Mm -hmm. laugh about it. But why this is kind of Cropped up again. There was, there was kind of some talk grumbling about it after the race that, like, you know, her she or her entourage were kind of in the wrong to just kind of shoo him away. But F1 has basically come out and introduced new rules that any celebrities that are on the pre race grid can't have bodyguards or an entourage with them anymore. And they're basically obliged to take part in the broadcast, like, which. On the face of it, to me, makes sense. It's like, okay, well, you're invited there by the team or by Formula One, you know, the FIA itself, or whoever's. It's good for both sides, right? Like, a bunch of F1 fans got introduced to this person who maybe they don't know anything about because she's a rapper. Yeah,
1: yeah. you know, like U.S. popular in the U.S., but maybe not internationally.
0: Right. So it's exposure for both. Right. Like a bunch of people who are fans of Megan the Stallion, but could give a shit about Formula One, maybe you're paying a little bit of attention because she's, like, hyping it up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, you know, it made sense to me that, like, okay, if we're inviting you here and giving you all this access and and you're getting a little shine from us, you can at least say something nice to the camera about, oh, I hope, you know, Red Bull does well today or whatever. Yeah. Um, but there were two different articles, uh, one written by uh, Elizabeth Blackstock on Jalopnik and the other written by Hazel Southwell <clears throat> of the drive that both basically said uh, this new rule is stupid. Who cares about Ma- Martin Brundle, Megan the Stallion, you know, did nothing wrong. And, uh, you know, basically just kind of shitting on Martin Brundle and F1. Yeah. But they're not that important. Uh, and I, I don't agree, but I, I'm, I, before I I kind of tell you what I think, I want to hear what you thought about it.
1: Yeah. I I think I'm leaning toward that as well. You know, thinking about it, it's, it's kind of a unique, it's, it's part of like the, the theater every weekend, you know, Mm -hmm. he's out there kind of acting like a jackass running up and down this thing, talking to people Mm -hmm. like, that's just, the theater that they do and so if All you're right. if you are on that grid and in that space during that broadcast time you know and these people let's say maybe they are, you know don't know anything about f1 and are just kind of interested because they got invited or maybe because of the netflix thing mm-hmm. you know they don't recognize that that's like part of the, the ground rules and so yeah. um you know i think if you're on there, you should be ready to react, you know, and, and you yeah. kind of have to be quick, I guess. And I, yeah, as it was, a, was it dumb, they he asked her to try to do a rap about, yeah, of course. Like, that's crazy. Right. But, you know, she could probably have a nice quip to come back and that's what yeah. they, they banter, you know, and then, right. and Then he's on to the next person. Um, and I think that there'd be a little bit more, you know, positivity in those kind Mm -hmm. of scenarios for really everybody instead of either Martin or whoever's on there, the celebrity looking kind of like an asshole in front of millions of people. people. Yeah. And so they're, they're both kind of theatrical things. F1, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't, yeah, no, no, no one really like needs F1 and no one really needs her as a rapper, but it's all just entertainment. So, right. You'd you'd like the entertainment to you know kind of be positive interactions, and so yeah. I think probably the rule itself is kind of is kind of a dumb thing and probably unnecessary. I think you could you could easily just say, "Listen, uh, if you're going to be on, you know, if you want to come to this, mm-hmm. and you want to be Tom Cruise who hangs out, you know, with Toto in the back, right? Uh, we're not going to mess with you." But mm-hmm. if you're out on the grid, like, just be ready. We might, if you're, you know, in our vicinity, in Martin's vicinity, he might engage you. Ask your question. So just, like, think about maybe yeah. what you might say. You know, what are you? how would you well, get into that one? Or just something like that.
0: Yeah, and these um, are celebrities. would probably be a They're pretty to...
1: happy medium.
0: Yeah. They're, I mean, these are celebrities. They're used to doing publicity for when a new movie comes out or a new album comes out, or they're going to be touring or whatever the case may be. This isn't some sit down interview. This is literally like some 15 second, you know, quip on the, on the grid. And I, the thing that, that the thing that I've not seen really discussed in that, either in either of those articles from, from the two writers and much on social media is like, I have no problem with them inviting some celebrity who really could know, less about f1 i don't maybe she's a huge fan i have no idea but Mm -hmm. if she doesn't know anything about f1 that's fine like i have no problem with you wanting to kind of scratch each other's backs in terms of publicity that's totally fine that's like you said it's entertainment it's theatrics you know the issue that i had is you know and i have no problem quite honestly her saying like i'm not gonna rap for you (laughs) like i'm not yeah 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 i'm not a dancing like you know jester, right uh <laughs> And that's fine, but like to me, you're that's kind of the traditional of the pre-race grid. You know, Brundle, yeah, <clears throat> whoever's around. So, F1 invited you into their house. Red Bull invited you into their house, and you didn't take off your shoes. Basically, like that's that's kind yeah. of how I look at this. Like, you didn't. They they you know that's the tradition. That's the expectation. And and
1: maybe it's because that group just
0: were invited
1: and we're like yeah let's get some publicity in but maybe none of them know a single freaking thing about f1 and so they're like who the hell is this dude
0: yeah i think you know
1: he's obnoxious
0: i think that's (laughs) probably what happened and you know i think brundle could help himself by if he knows (laughs) if he knows certain celebrities are going to be there like i think there's that thing with serena williams at monaco that was like just a really cringe-worthy interview after the race, and mm-hmm. and with Megan, if he just if he knows they're going to be there, it would be great if he doesn't know who they are, to do a little bit of research,
1: yeah. so that
0: he can maybe ask a, an interesting question or a fun question, like, "Hey Megan, yeah. you're from Houston. What does it mean for you to have the Grand Prix in Texas?" You know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then she then she can spit out some, you know, "Oh, it's great to." You know, it's great to have, you know, a huge event like this in Texas and it's really exciting. I can't wait to watch. You know, yeah. boom, done, both sides are happy. Everybody gets airtime, yeah.
1: Everybody
0: gets a little airtime. You know, the thing that bothered me the most out of all this though is why the hell do you have a bunch of bodyguards on an F1 grid? They don't need to be Well, there. Like, s- yeah, no, like, I, I Who's on I, the grid? I agree. It's, it's, a, it's driver's location. Yeah, it's hasn't drivers' she been shot from, in the past, though. She got shot by another rapper, yeah. She got shot by another rapper who he I think she was shot. dating or something at the time, but oh boy, I think it was by it was by accident, it wasn't like oh, okay, okay, talk okay. And biggie situation. Like, he shot her in the <laughs> foot or something, um, or in okay. the leg, but anyways, the yeah, so I, I like. If you think about who's on a grid, it's the the race, know, the race teams, the drivers, and celebrities. And yeah, I mean,
1: they could just say like it's limited to, you know, two or three people.
0: You want to if you want to have like one and assistant, your grandma. You yeah, want
1: bodyguard friend. in place of your grandma. Yeah,
0: that's fine. that's fine.
1: You think that's a big deal? You know,
0: but like you don't need six people following you around and like forming a human wall around you. Like it, it just, yeah, it was weird. Thing, it
1: was definitely kind of weird.
0: Like maybe <laughs> I'm sure that's the entourage she's used to having when she goes to like a, yeah. a public appearance at a, a mall or, a, True. you know, whatever. Fine. But like, this is not that, <laughs> you yeah. know? And again, it may be, like you said, it may, it may all go back to the fact that like they had no idea what they were going <laughs> to
1: well, and that and that's the truth because I was thinking about that. I mean, like you said with with Serena, there are some uh, sometimes where I'm like, you know who, who you know, the rock was at one of these, yeah, um Shaq was at one of these, yeah, and, and at least a couple of times Martin has not gotten the opportunity to interact with them, and I'm like, Sitting on my couch, like, oh, please, hopefully he yeah. doesn't interact with him. It's yeah, just I know. Really awkward.
0: He's an he's an excellent commentator, and <laughs> and is great at what he does. He's not an interviewer.
1: It's just oh, I know. I know. It's just like, just leave him alone, Martin. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I I thought it was really interesting though that like two writers for car enthusiast websites who like you know, yeah. cover F1, and, and are, we're really, like, anti-F1, anti-Martin Brundle, and defending Megan the Stallion is, like, you know, I'm not saying that that take isn't worth discussing. I just didn't yeah. expect it to come from them. You know, I expected that to come from, like, a writer from Us Weekly or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? that
1: is a really good point. Um, you know, that's a really good point. I don't know if that was meant to be clickbait or what.
0: Yeah, well, I think the title, mm-hmm. one of the titles definitely was meant to be clickbait. I think, uh, yeah, the Jalopnik article. Yeah. So the, dri- the Drive article was called F1 Got Its Feelings Hurt uh, right. by Megan the Stallion, so it made a stupid new rule about gridwalks. That's not super clickbaity. The Jalopnik right. article was Martin Brunel and F1 aren't that important. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is definitely clickbait. Uh, yeah, so. yeah, because I mean, without
1: without them i mean you wouldn't you wouldn't have the race like no yeah. one would be it's in like, no
0: they're kind of know? important you <laughs> you got invited yeah. to their thing they didn't invite they didn't get invited to her thing so
1: and that's something jalopnik is guilty of sometimes making really really bad clickbaity titles yeah. so i, I think, think
0: it's true <laughs> unfortunately since jalopnik got um yeah. Yeah. yeah media got bought out uh a lot yeah. of A lot of the writers I used to really like on Jalopnik have gone elsewhere, including to The Drive. The Drive is actually a lot of people I used to read on Jalopnik. So I was actually a little bit disappointed to see that article on The Drive, too. Um, Yeah. But uh, yeah, so just kind of an interesting little F1 controversy. Uh, So do we have, when is the next race? I think Uh, it's
1: next weekend, actually, I, I think. Okay. I don't think there's it, like a, I think it's this weekend.
0: Oh, it's the Brazilian Grand Prix. Yeah. 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 So yeah. it's a Sunday, so that will be at Interlagos. Uh, very cool track. Um, yeah. And, Tour of uh, the
1: Americas.
0: Yeah, exactly. They're, yeah. They're just slowly making their way south. So, uh, so we'll be back on Sunday uh, uh, to talk about that. Um, and until then, do you got anything else, buddy? No. All right. Well, Please uh, hit us up on Instagram at the Blowfell Podcast. Follow us there. It's a great way to kind of interact with us and, and, uh, you know, ask questions, bring up show topics you'd like to hear about. And be sure to uh, rate us and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. That really helps as well. And until then, we'll see you next week.